Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Conversation of Romance, the podcast. My name is Jeff Johnson. We are coming to you live from Sarah, Oklahoma, oh, where it is a beautiful 35 degrees, sunny, and just a great day. So what are we doing this morning? I, I, this podcast is usually goes live Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and then we have a live call-in feature. You can click on a button and join me, video, audio, and we can talk about anything you want to talk about in life. But today, I wanted to talk about my story a little bit. And yeah, I can do all kinds of crazy stories. I can do stories about overseas travel, five marriages, five divorces, dog training, aliens, Egyptians. I can talk about anything. But this morning, after a couple conversations with different people, I wanted to talk specifically about my story in faith. My story in faith, my story out of faith, and my story finding faith again. And how humbling it is sometimes to find that faith, especially when you denounced it years and years ago. So, I'll try to do this without humor, because I do humor to uh, to deflect feelings sometimes, right? So if you're here for a funny addition, well, probably not going to be yours, your episode. So let's start with faith at four years old, right? At four years old, I was in church as we were every time the doors were open. And the preacher, Brother George Clarehue, he went down for the invitation in front of the pulpit. And he has just, I'll never forget, I was four years old and I remember this like it was yesterday. Just as I am was playing and I was sitting on the front row of the First Baptist Church in Sanger, Texas. Because that's my, uh, my mother and my stepdad at the time. We're in the choir, and we sat on the front row so they could make sure we didn't make a fool of ourselves. It's probably a pretty good idea. I stood up, and I walked down, and George, Brother George was like, sit down, sit down. And Mom was like, sit down, sit down. And Gary, he had no clue what was going on. And I said, no, I want to be saved. So I remember he put his hands on my shoulder and said, you are saved. You're a child and something to that effect. And he said, we'll talk about it later. So after church, we were talking about it. And it was a uh, Sunday Dallas Cowboy 12 o'clock start. So we agreed to meet Monday at my house. Or so maybe it's later that afternoon. I, I don't remember exactly. And what happened after that, I remember him showing up to the house. And I remember sitting in that sunken living room with wood paneling and, you know, um, patterned shag carpet with little trails in it. We used to run matchbox cars on. But I don't remember what was said that much until I got married to my first wife, Leanne. I was able to find Brother George Clary. He didn't go very far. He was in Denton, Texas now, the First Baptist Church in Denton. And I asked him if he would marry me. So on the day of our wedding, we had a, him and I had a little chat and he goes, I said, you know, I don't know if you remember me, but you saved me when I was four. 
And he goes, I remember you. He said, after that day, I never, I never baptized anybody under 10 again. And I asked him, I said, well, what happened? Why, why did you baptize me at four? And he said that our conversation went a little bit like this. He came over to my house. Uh, Mom and Gary, the septa at the time, they were in the living room, in which we had a little serving bar so they could see. And he sat down across from me, and he asked me why I wanted to be saved. My response to him was, I want to be saved now because I want to be a preacher. I want to dedicate my life to bring others to Christ. At four. And he said, well, there's no hurry. Why do you Why do you feel like you have to do it now? And I said, because I feel I need protection. I'm going to need protection, is what I told him. And he said he doesn't know why, but he believed me. And he went ahead and baptized me in the water, in the church, in front of everybody. And then we went on to live in life. Um, I was pretty much in the church every time the door was open until I was about 10. Uh, and that day Sharon came into my house or my, when I was 10, at some point in time, she came into my room, sat down beside me in the bed and said, listen, Gary's not going to be here anymore at 10. You're the man of the house. Now you're responsible for mowing the yard, for taking care of the pool, uh, keeping the cars clean, vacuuming laundry at 10. That's when I left the church. I was, I was pretty sure up until a few months ago that I left the church when I was 12, but I was 10. After, I don't know, about a month of being a man of the house, so to speak, after that month, well, I was told that I was stupid and that I was lazy because I couldn't mow the yard. I couldn't mow the yard. I was mowing the yard, but I couldn't do it fast enough or good enough to please her. So she hired my best friend at the time, Mark. How are you doing? She hired him to do it, paid him 10 bucks. As I, uh, as I watched, as I watched my friend that was a couple of years older than me mow my yard and get paid by my mother, get a hug, get a kiss, whatever. And it wasn't, she didn't do this to say, oh, sweetheart, I'm so sorry. I, 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 un, I'm so sorry. I asked you to do something that you're not old enough, mature enough, or prepared enough to do. Because in, in 1979, Lawnmowers weren't that easy to start. Gas cans weren't that easy to pour for a 10-year-old, like 45, 55-pound kid. I wasn't malnourished. I was just skinny. I don't ever remember going back to church in a healthy way. After I was in the church after that. Don't get me wrong. But I was in it because that's where I had to go if I wanted to. Yeah. Well, I just had to go there for friends. They couldn't run away from me when I was at church, right? They had to sit with me and stuff like that. So we can go throughout the rest of my life if you want, but the if we fast forward to January 4th, 2023, 
I find myself at 6 o'clock at night or 7.30 at night driving to Elk City, Oklahoma, from Sayre, Oklahoma. And that was after going to, I don't know, visiting 100 different countries, 150 different countries, having five marriages, uh, one daughter that I haven't seen in over 20 years, and one daughter that can't stand me now, or then, still now. I, um, at that point in time, I, I had, I think, $9 in the bank, and um, a little bit of gas in the truck, and I didn't know how I was going to make it. And on that drive, I was asking for help, because at that time, I was still talking to the universe. I wasn't talking to God. Only now I know that the universe and God are the same. My God and the universe are the same anyway, and my God is most likely different than yours. Yeah, we live on Route 66, by the way, so if you hear the noise. I, uh, after making the transition from praying to nobody to meditating to the universe, on January 4th, 2023, I realized that meditation was prayer. And I also realized that I had made it through everything I'd ever been through. Three credible suicide attempts. Um, several different war zones around the world um, and blown up and kidnapped and all different kind of things. And I've, I made it through all of that unscathed. And on that day, I finally said the words, Lord, I don't know why I left you. But I know he never left me. I'm finished forcing my will on this planet. And I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to relax. And I'm going to allow myself to live in your grace. And I'm going to allow myself to trust you. That I will be okay because I always have been. <clears throat> now, that being said, I've learned a lot over the years. And that being said, I don't trust the King James Version of the Bible. I think it's a beautiful version if you want to teach children that are young and growing up. But I also feel that when kids start asking questions, you need to be honest with them. If they ask you, did Noah really get every animal on the planet, like Texas Longhorns, were they, in the, were they on the ark? And you say, no, sweetie. Texas Longhorns probably weren't in the ark. But to Noah, Noah was, you know, he was delivered by God. And every animal that was in his world, in the Mesopotamia, that whole area, right, where life began, well, he got all of them in there. I believe the story is as grand as it can be, even with those limitations. It's not a story about the entire planet, and there was a great flood. He lived between the Tigris and the Euphrates River, right? Be honest with your kids, and if you don't know the answer, look it up. Go to the Google, sit down, and y'all figure it out together. You learn. It's okay to tell your kids you don't know something. 
And if you do believe those stories are real as they are described, well then tell them that. I never had a conversation with my parents about religion. My grandmother, my grandfather, my mom, or any of the other men that she had around. Never was a conversation that I had. I tried to raise Grace in the church, but I couldn't keep my mouth shut. And I was asked not to come back in a very clever way by the church of Shady Shores Baptist Church. Thank you very much. So, I went to church a few weeks back for the first time in 17 years. Well, probably, no, that's not true. That's I don't know, sometime between 15 and 16 years, that was the first time I've been in a church, other than the funeral or, and most of those were in funeral homes, but I was back in that first Baptist church to sing her for my sister's funeral after she committed suicide. I wasn't allowed to sit with the family because my ex-wife was still paying my mother $200 a week. And well, my mom is, she cares more about money than she does family. I was bitter. I was angry. I hated God. It's not a story of the prodigal son. I'm not the prodigal son. It, it's just a story of my personal, you know, I don't know, just my personal history. Now, in the past five years, I've been trying to figure this shit out. And I don't have any anger or hatred towards my mother. I don't have any, I no longer harbor ill feelings for my five ex-wives. I'm not a real big fan of the lies that they're telling to my daughter these days, but that'll work itself out in time. I'm not exactly sure what was on my heart to share this today. But I am a flawed man. I am a very flawed man. And I'm also a very lucky man. I'm also a very blessed man. And for once in my life, I feel like I'm a very loved man. What I was searching for in shallow relationships with women, I found in God. Once I was able to love myself just a teeny tiny bit like he loves me or she loves me or it loves me, well then, and only then, I think was I able to move forward. So, that's my story. That's my story of faith. There's plenty of mix-ups and, you know, comedic hijinks and tragedies in there. But, that's where I'm at today. I'm not saying that my place belongs in church. I'm not saying I'm going to be a preacher. But I'm going to share my message. I need to. So, thank you for listening, if you did. But this one is probably more about me than is you. Shocking, I know, right? Have a fantastic morning.
Enjoy this President's Day. Enjoy the sun, the rain, the snow, the cold, the warmth, the hurricanes and all the storms that come along with it. Because without the bad, how can we ever appreciate the good? Thank you, everybody. We'll see you soon.